I know you're into rocks. Are you into rocks? I've been collecting rocks since I was a little kid. I like crystals. Um... Of course kids are drawn to rocks because it's there's so many ways that they can have that sensory input with them. Picking up shiny rocks and showing them off and putting them in a bag never to be seen again. That's basically my experience with rocks. You know, who doesn't like crystals and agates and anything shiny? It, you know, it's like rockosophy, but in a podcast. It's rockcast podosophy. Let's do it. If I get enough interviews, I can make it into a podcast. Okay, sitting here with Meg Schindler, who's going to describe something that she wants to do with her profession, which is voodoo. <laughs> How did you get voodoo as a profession? Well, according to Tori, it's all voodoo, and it's really not. It's... Okay. Voodoo is not... What's anyway, wrong with voodoo? Nothing's wrong with voodoo, but that's what she does professionally. Yeah, they have yeah. trained her in the art of poking my brain, and it works. Okay, but... It's only voodoo if she pokes your brain and somebody else gets hurt. Yeah. Or if she pokes an inanimate object and it pokes your brain. Mm-hmm. This is the crowd I'm sitting with, <laughs> for the record. We've got Meg right here. We've got Sean Tolley. Sean Tolley. We have Nick Pike, who's a swing dancer. Sean Tolley's a teacher. Who's a teacher? We've got Katie Murazzo. <laughs> I swear to God, Mosaros. Masaros. Masaros. I literally. Call her Katie the Butcher. <laughs> That's good too. Katie the Butcher, who is my friend and roommate. And uh, then and there's. Like, I'm just a swing dancer. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> He's an engineer too. We're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you're an engineer. This is Rock Rat live. <laughs> Screw you guys. I love them all very much. Meg's got an idea about Dungeons and Dragons. So, like, my background is in psychology and counseling. And I also have studied, like, subcultures. And Dungeons and Dragons, like, it's such an ornate activity and world. And there's, like, uh, this really rich culture to it that I don't understand and have very little exposure to. And so as an outsider, like, it's fascinating to me. And I want, like, to see brains under fMRI to see, like, what parts are stimulated during this activity. And also, like, where is the gratification and what does that do for people? Yes. What's an fMRI? fMRI is a, a functional uh, magnetic resonance imaging. It, it shows in really great detail the blood flow, blood flow in the brain, and so you can tell, like, which areas are active during activities. Um, and so I'm imagining for like Dungeons and Dragons, Rockrat is really intrigued in a D&D &D figurine right now. That was 3D printed by Sean. It's wow! super cool. I'm literally drooling a little bit. Maybe that's the pizza. I don't know. There's yeah, her ones. jaw's like dropping. Oh my god, it's so cool. Where Look at this. The figure this is... This is incredible. Dungeons and Dragons is dope, and so is brain flow and the <laughs> blood blooding in the brain. Girl yeah, fish. but like, holy shit! It What's is that? really Girl impressive. Fish. It's an impressive three D figurine. Oh, so you buy anyway, the printed. plans and print them anyway. Ah, this one's all cleaned up. Ah, Dana's character. <laughs> Be very careful with that. Right. Mm -mm. Okay. Anyway, so from like my perspective, you have the social interaction, you have decision making, which happens in like the frontal lobes of the brain. You have imagination and creativity, which is also, um, you know, frontal lobes. But I'm also imagining like the mirror neurons, like your occipital lobes might be activated. Like I just want to know 
what that experience is like for people, that's quantifiable through brain imaging, which would be super cool. I think. I don't know what else to say. Like, talking about Rock Rat, your dad, like, 30 years on one character, that's so much development and so much creativity. And you can also, like, get into the psychology of the characters themselves. Yeah, he has a stack. We'll talk about it. Okay, Sean, what do you want to do with this? Well, I mean, there is a... So I have a... I'm a music teacher. Um, I have a history in composition and um, particularly use of technology and music. No, um, I particularly have a background in um, the use of electronics for music creation and performance. And so um, there's a piece that was written, I can't even remember the guy who did it, but he attached um, electrodes to people's heads mm-hmm. and then read uh, brain electrical mag- or electrical activity during thought processes mm-hmm. and then translated those into frequency ranges and used that to perform an electronic instrument. And so if we took her magnetic resonance imaging um, and then we uh, use that as we use the incoming data as a um, a way of uh, making discrete changes to sound and then used uh, electrical activity for um, notes we could produce music that way also combine that with a d20 system of dice music that I've already generated and we could have some really interesting stuff I'm very invested in this idea. Some wonderful things are happening around this pizza in mead. By the way, we are drinking mead. And that's also dope and very Dungeon Dragons esque. Okay. Nick Pike is an engineer who works for the government. <laughs> Tell us what you want to do. Wait, do you currently work for the government? Wow. <laughs> do you get paid? Yes. Right now? <laughs> yes. He's important. This is impressive. <laughs> it must be military? <laughs> no. Huh? Oh, wow. Um, uh, well, my, my contribution to this was going to be uh, some additional visual ways of representing that music, and there's a couple different ways you can do that. Um, one of the cool ones at the moment is uh, uh, a tube with uh, that, you, uh, that you drill out uh, holes every inch, and then you... Uh, you uh, use propane through, and then you light them so that you get a nice even I've wave. Seen one of those. And They're then, as, cool. as you as you pump, um, as you as you push music through there, what it will do is create pressure changes within there, and then you'll get a visual representation of a of a wave of the music in the in the flame that's uh, produced. Well, it would also be interesting to take the um, freaking in intense blood throw, in blood throw and run those through a um, color generator. Yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a, a lot of ways to yeah. represent music in general. Okay. So. Children to bed. Can I like geek out for another second? Like yes. So many of my colleagues. Night, Alvin. Bye. Night, Liam. So many of my colleagues do like creative and expressive arts therapy, and like we we do stuff like this, right? Like there's bibliotherapy. I mean, there's so many lessons that you can learn from popular literature that you can apply, especially to adolescents. And so I'm thinking, like, through this culture, through this decision-making process, like, you can have, like, corrective emotional experiences by creating a different outcome for your character or, you know, going back and correcting decisions. I mean, it's, like, very fruitful. No, back it. Yeah. It's fertile soil for, like, exploration. Plus, it's so it's so culturally relevant and accessible that like why not 
explore that as like a means for, I don't know, therapy. That's, I don't know. You're so well-spoken. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you do again? Um, I work on a voluntary crisis team, which means that I get threatened with a knife once a month. Sometimes I get threatened with knives. Sometimes I sit across from people who have loaded weapons. Um, most of the time. I need to actually. <laughs> That's a weird spot to come back in on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of the time I uh, get to hear people's stories and then I help kind of connect them to resources in the hopes that we can uh, reduce unnecessary hospitalizations for psychiatric reasons. Like just trying to swoop in and get people connected and get them what they need. Cool. Cool. We've been ignoring my wonderful roommate Katie until this point, who is going to come back in just a second. Does anyone else? Do you guys have more things? I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, in your job, do you work with more animal biology or more ecology? Um, right now, I would say it's more ecology because the ultimate goal is to restore the wetlands. Yeah. And my data analysis right now is supposed to center over the population abundance, the mm -hmm. timing of that abundance, and then the wetlands where they are most abundant. So it's definitely a multi-tier issue. And then the actual restoration is highly iterative. So we're going to do like an original site visit. Someone's going to contact us. We're going to do a site visit. We're going to come up with plans. We're going to send those like aspirational plans to an engineer. Then we're gonna have to go do another site visit. Then those plans are gonna have to get approved. And then we have to actually start like pulling the funding and doing things. So like right now it is more ecological. Historically, it has been more biology focused because it was just like one species at a time. Where's that bird? Map it, move on, kind of a deal. Like quantify that species at that time, working with oven birds, working with Acadian flycatchers. Um, now it's just a wider scope. Can I ask you a follow up question? Yes. When looking at wetlands okay. and sites that are attractive, <laughs> water well, right? Yeah. What factors are quantifiable? So, it's there's been some variation um, in the past years about how we collect our data, but mostly it's what, what's the species, where are they along the track? Um, how many of them are on what kind of wetland and that's highly subjective except unless you have like specific training as a biologist. So we've got small ponds, large large lakes, or small lakes, large lakes, potholes, creeks, um, agricultural sheet water, which is like a flooded ag field, mm -hmm. which is highly ephemeral. Did you say potholes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Potholes are huge. We just quantify everything. We give it terrible names. Mm -hmm. That's what we do as biologists. And then native. That's when they have to do it too if it makes you feel any better. Have you not seen the native sign uh, on plant the that says potholes sheets. that way? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Look for it when you drive home tomorrow. I will pay attention a little more.